This is GWC Podcast number 359, recorded February 3rd, 2013. In this episode, Chuck is old enough to be a Lincoln customer, Sean is hungry like the wolf, and Audra gives us a football report. But first, your hosts, three unrepentant sci-fi geeks. I'm Chuck Cage. And one day you end up a big evil, you know, crap ass. And with me, Audra Hester. If I had a nickel for every time I got boned at the eye of Jupiter. And Sean O'Hara. <laughs> I shall fart. <laughs> Our mission, enjoy new science fiction, fantasy, and other cool stuff every week and share the experience with you. Oh yeah, and have some fun in the process. GWC is brought to you largely by the generosity of listeners like you. It's your donations that keep us going. For more information on how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. And the fine folks at audible.com. Visit www.audiblepodcast.com slash watercooler for your free audiobook. Of course, we'd love to hear your opinions, too. So if you have something to say or, hey, you could introduce us to something new, don't just holler at your MP3 player. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229, extension 701. And leave us a voicemail for inclusion in a future show. Better yet, you can join the GWC community, a group widely recognized as the friendliest people in sci-fi, and watching, reading, and enjoying all kinds of cool stuff 24-7 over on galacticwatercooler.com, our website, blog, and forum. GWC is a spoiler-free podcast, and we define spoilers as definitive information regarding material not yet released in the United States or its country of origin. In short, if it's out, it's fair game. Welcome back, everybody. My mouth is frozen. <laughs> you made has, me drink it too fast. <laughs> oh, you know, in a vain attempt to prevent slurping of the drink from being in the podcast. Hurry, finish that up. Because I know everybody really cares whether they hear slurping in the podcast or not. Hey. Like so email us if you're pro-slurping. <laughs> yes. That's Chuck. Is that what you're talking about? Is that what they call it now? Anyway. <laughs> So yeah, I admit it. I'm a slurper. You know, I, I gotta tell. I gotta tell a stupid <laughs> little story. So I just made this so face like, like oh my god. Like, uh, uh, well, I had a sentence behind <laughs> that, and I'm not going to do it on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, Chuck, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I have kind of a funny admission to make. I, you know, I had never been a big fan of the Star Trek flick, flick generations. Uh, when I saw it the first time, uh, I, I wasn't thrilled in the theater. Really? Because I always liked that one. And I can see why. And um, I'm heading there, as one might imagine. You know, <laughs> this has never happened before on this podcast. No, right? never. Stargate. And <laughs> but I try to be honest about it because I think a lot of times we're not. We just quietly, you know, slink off, squidge off down the corridor, and go, "Oops," you know. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit it. You know, I, uh, I didn't like it the first time, and I, I made fun of the long crash of the Enterprise. Uh, I I made fun of the fact that the second time uh, Troy gets the controls, the you ship say, crashes. Never let, <laughs> never let Troy drive the ship. That is a I, valid, like, a valid take argument. The, take the helm. No, You're like, oh. the ship is crashing. Take the helm. <laughs> take the helm. <laughs> is it going to be my fault? And The uh, counselor was driving, man. We couldn't do anything. Due to insurance restrictions, we need it to be you at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Quick. Take the wheel. Because if it's data, we're all screwed. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's it's see it's a matter of who fills out the paperwork, right? That's right. 
But then uh, just a lot of things. I, I made fun of the little girl in the. In, in, I am a little girl. <laughs> the little chin sticking out thing. Thank you for the doll, Father. It was lovely. <laughs> do, the, do the chin thing. She does it, yeah. yeah anyway. the, the wholesome Goldilocks child. It's cute. And, you know, all of that aside, and it is fun to poke at those things because they're funny in a way, But and, and Ron Moore pokes at them in the commentary. Yeah, actually. he was not a fan of that. He's like, I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> on the other hand, I, you know, I watched it just on a whim. Audra and I watched it on a whim a couple days ago and i really like that movie that storyline is really cool and the thing about that even that scene that's what he wanted you can laugh at all you know yeah at it all you want but to picard that's what he really yeah. wanted that yeah. never got that's the dream he will never realize and he knows it but you can't laugh at people's stuff like that no. i mean they, well, what kept getting us was how freaking important the events are in this movie we're like oh my god like everything this like all of the every time something happened, like when he gets the news about Robert and Renee, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, we're just like, holy crap! How did we not yeah, take so this many as seriously things. before? Yeah, I they set up why that's important, and it, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a funny little one-off thing in there, despite how we might kid about it. I mean, when he gets that news, you got to remember this is a man who uh, who withstood torture at the Cardassians and didn't break, and the Borg, and the Borg, yeah. And didn't break. And and we see him cry. He comes apart, man. He just yeah. loses it. His brother and his nephew were killed horribly, you know? And and not just died. I mean, suffered and died. And suffered greatly. And yeah, you I don't mean, really... He doesn't talk about it because that's not the type of dude he is. But family is the most important thing yeah. to Picard. Speaking of the episode, if you wonder who those people are, go back and watch the family episode. The episode family, yeah, you know, and it's right after Best of Both Worlds. When Picard doesn't know what else to do when he is so screwed. He doesn't know what's up. Where does he go? How did he get through dealing with the Borg? He went. He went home to see his family. Yeah, these are the people we're talking about. So you know, I. I don't know. It's just one of those moments where you watch that movie, like Audra said, and I, I apologize for interrupting. I, I, you look at all that and you're like, wow, look at all the important stuff in the universe that's happening. Look at these interesting themes that they've tied through. And what a neat storyline. Has, it has two endings, you know? And, and literally, how often in the movies do you see it just all go wrong and end? And that's what happened. You know, hundreds of millions of people died and everything went bad and they failed. And then they get everything, he gets everything he ever wanted, and the two of them decide to reject that and leave. And to me, that was probably Kirk. Yeah, yeah, probably one of the most important things to say about Kirk that you, you ever learn about him is uh, in this, they show you, I mean... The, the Kirk, cost? Yeah, Kirk jokes around and, and everything, and, and he's, he's hardly ever serious, even when he's serious, you know. But you learn... Okay, this is everything you ever wanted. He is the type of dude you can make fun of him all you want, and you know uh, the the overdramatic and and all that stuff. And he kids around, and he's it's the wagon train in space. But when it comes down to it, when it comes time to to make your decision, Kirk will always decide to help and do the right thing, even though it costs him dearly. Even though uh, twice it cost him dearly, he had to leave the thing he loved. Then he died doing it. Yeah. You know, he had fun playing with Picard. You know, he's like, yeah, call me Jim. You know, that's that's where he's at. 
and that's who he is. And you can make fun of him, and even to his dying day, that's what Kirk does. And to me, that was probably one of the most telling things we've seen Kirk do. I mean, other than I mean, he they had the stuff with his son and everything, but at his core, Kirk is still that. He wants dude. to make a difference. He wants to make a difference to his dying day, even if it costs him, and it does. That's the other thing is that I think we often fail to see the cost of what they do. Uh, and, and this movie was all about that. I mean, we saw Picard, you know, the, he lost the opportunity to have a family and he lost the family he had, you know, and we saw that the same was there with Kirk. And I can't help but think having seen, you got to imagine if you haven't seen the documentary captains yet do so, uh, you've got to cut forward to the two of them sitting there, uh, talking about this and and both of them talking about how their involvement in Trek essentially dismantled their life. And the cost of doing what they did was very high. And Kate Mulgrew, Kate too. Kate Mulgrew is, talks yeah. about that as they well. They all do. Yeah. yeah, they all do. But, but I just couldn't help but think of that scene with the two of them. These the same people, you know, sitting together talking about how their real lives were like that. Except Scott Bakular. He seemed to be remarkably stable. I think he just uh, adapted to the change well, uh, but damn. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, no, Enterprise, how long was Enterprise on the air? Like three years? Three or four years. I think right. it's different when you're doing like a seven-year show. Oh, no, it's the commitment, though. I mean, you're on yeah. set for 20 hours a day, you know, for years and stuff. I mean, whether it's three years or six, I don't know if I'd deal with it any better if it was two years, you know? I don't know. Because you don't know. At the time, you don't know that it's going to end. I mean, Star right, Trek is always in, right. in danger of being canceled, but you don't know if it's going to be a year, two years, seven years. You, you have no idea. It's still harder than the relationships you have during that time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I just wonder if if that's not maybe what kind of saved him, you know? That's maybe, possible. Maybe the show ended before things fell apart for him. Uh, from everything I've seen, though, that dude is remarkably well-adjusted and stable, though. I don't know if you've ever seen any interviews with him. He's about as wholesome as they get and down to earth pretty cool well anyway if you haven't seen generations recently i think it's worth a little time there's there's a lot of really cool stuff important stuff that happens in some of those and and i'm making finger quotes here but like lesser trek movies you know like five and and seven and 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 some of the things that uh we don't like to watch as much yeah shannon actually loves the next generation movies she she watches uh first contact and insurrection Uh, she doesn't care for generations as much as the others but it's it, she loves insurrection and almost nobody likes that one. You know? Yeah, there's some things I kind of like about it. Yeah. I I haven't seen a Trek movie that I thought was awful. The only thing I don't like about in the one I like the least is the one everybody claims is the best one, which is Khan because of the earwig thing. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do the earwig thing. <laughs> it's a great story. I don't do the earwig thing. I guess it just depends on expectations because a lot of these movies uh, do have a lot to offer and. You know, if we go in sort of expecting it to to line up against whatever blockbuster or or whatever, you know, it may not. It it might be like Insurrection is kind of an extended episode type movie. At least I always thought it it feels more like like a deep episode as opposed to a big feature film. But I like it. It's an enjoyable experience as it is. So if you can kind of take it on its own merit, I think... That's, I mean, we've talked about that with a lot of different art forms in GWC. If you go in taking things for their own merit, looking for the value that they do have, uh, you're more likely to enjoy yourself. And get more out of it. Damn right. You guys ready for some news? News! 
And now, Galactic Water Cooler News, updates, upcoming stuff in general, and anything else we care to talk about during this segment. All right, who's up? I'll go. Awesome. Uh, have you guys seen the trailer for Knights of Badassery? No, you wrote this on the board, and yeah. I, I don't know if you heard, but when you were walking out, I said, uh, I have no idea what that is, but whatever it is, I want to talk about <laughs> <I'm> it. <in. laughs> uh, that one's a movie that is uh, coming out here pretty soon, and it is about, think of it like Darkness Rising, only with a higher budget and Summer Glow. Huh. Uh, that sounds promising. It does sound promising. Yeah, it is. Uh, the and I cannot remember his name, but the the kid who plays Jason Stackhouse from uh, True Blood is going to be the one of the main characters, and uh, the uh, the 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 dude from uh, who plays the the little guy from oh god uh, Game of Thrones. Is also going to be in oh there. yeah I cannot remember his name right now I'm blanking out hard but I mean it's got a, a list of people the 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 whole premise uh, the other guy from Sahara not Matthew McConaughey but him but anyway uh, they are all going they kidnap their friend Jason Stackhouse uh, to <laughs> that's funny yeah. To a LARP event, which is basically like a Renaissance <laughs> fair with all armor and, and all awesome. that kind of stuff, and, and like drug him, put him in the back of a van, and drag him to this LARP uh, thing where they are going to to be for this weekend. And he is definitely not one of these crowds and everything. And they keep talking to him in in old English and everything. You needeth to come. He's like needeth is not a word. <laughs> it is here, you know. And so he gets out of the back of this van, and he is all in plate armor. I mean, they've dressed him, <laughs> everybody's and stuff, and he is not into this until he sees Summer Glau walk by in, in, in a leather battle outfit, <laughs> and it's like, all right, I'm in. So they all get in together, and they start LARPing, and this dude has gotten, he's he's become a, a you know 10th level wizard or whatever, and they, they're doing the big ceremony for the battle, and he's gotten this book from like a used bookstore or something like that, and it actually happens to be a real spell book. And he summons a succubus from hell. <laughs> and uh, there's there's the scene, you know, the trailer. He's like, you just summoned a succubus from hell. Uh, sorry, dude. I, 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 I just picked a page and started chanting this gibberish. He's like, well, it's not gibberish now, is it? You know? So uh, <laughs> they, they the rest of them, they, instead of LARPing, they actually have to, instead of role playing, they, they have to put this demon back. Uh, so it's, it's the, and they get the entire LARP community to help them because they're the only ones who a believe them and B are into this. That's awesome. So that's a cool premise. So Ryan Quantin, is that the guy you're yes. talking about? And then Peter Dinklage. Yes. Right. Uh, it looks yeah, like yeah. Danny Pudi's in it, which is cool. I pulled it up. It's weird. Like all over the internet, there are equal numbers of websites calling it Knights of Badassery and Knights of Badass Dumb. Yeah. I don't know. It, it looks like it's the second one. Either way, I'm I'm all right with that. Yeah, uh, the the trailer I saw had badassery in it, so I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. You need to see this because uh, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. Yeah, I'm guessing <laughs> it's going to be very similar to the LARP community. How best in show was to the dog community. <laughs> uh, it's some of this is really not going to be funny, and some of it's going to be hysterical. Uh, so at least to the LARPing community. So, uh, it's, it looks fun. It really does. The only movie I've seen with, uh, any LARP tie in is, uh, role models, which is terrific. <laughs> right. I love that movie. Oh yeah. So yeah, this looks great. So I wanted to bring in, um, 
I, I and you guys may have already heard of the, about this, but the Lincoln Super Bowl ad that that leaked very recently yes. or a week that actually told Lincoln cars or yes, yes, Lincoln cars like the uh, the dead president vehicles. <laughs> right. Uh, essentially, you've got. Uh, I I heard about it because Will Wheaton was in it, but Will, uh, Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yeah. Apparently, what happened is. Lincoln uh, put kind of a unique idea together, which was that they would uh, uh, they engaged Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Fallon asked for people for ideas for the commercial via Twitter. And then people responded and, and tweeted him ideas. And then they assembled these ideas into the commercial and shot it, which is about that. So it's like a patchwork. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it literally starts out with like, uh, these two people were driving and then, you know, they they picked up this German hitchhiker who was in was studying farming. farming and then they drove to an alpaca farm and then they drove through, you know, and, and so on and through these little scenes and, and so on. And they, they referenced the, the, you know, the at reference, the person that tweeted it during it. And, uh, and, and I read online and I, it's hard to tell, of course, but I read online that the people who tweeted the ones actually make cameos in it, uh, in the oh, little, wow. in the little scenes. And, uh, Will Wheaton shows up because one of the things they do is they, they drive through a, a movie <laughs> Cause it's set. on Twitter and he's got to be in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. They drive through a movie set in Pomona and, uh, and make, you know, and destroy the best, what, what did they say? Uh, the best alien acting ever. Yeah. Or something like that. And, and so they go through this kind of bad setup, which is at the rocks, of course. And, yeah. and, uh, and he makes a uh, kind of a cameo appears for a second on screen. And, you know, I don't know that it's all that unusual these days to, in, to do interactive things like that, but I don't know. It's fun to see people. Well, it's unusual for Lincoln. It's, it definitely made me think, who's their audience now? Like, you know, <laughs> things have changed. You remember back in the day when... Yeah, because I thought Lincoln was like, you know... Bogey. Yeah, like yeah. Older, older people with money, like retirees or something. Yeah, it was like it was like Cadillac if you could afford it, then Lincoln if you couldn't. Right. And then, and then Buick if you couldn't afford that. And that was the old person category, right? I don't know. Maybe not anymore. Uh, well... I know it's uh, not your father's Cadillac didn't exactly work out, or not not, not your, your father's Oldsmobile. Oldsmobile, yeah. yeah, it didn't exactly work out for Olds. I don't know. I don't know who their their market is now. Uh, it's well, maybe they're trying to change their market through advertising. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that's been tried, but I mean, I don't know if I'm buying it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The scary part for me is that maybe we're entering that. You know, maybe we're like, oh, now they're trying to target up. No. No. We're just getting old. No. <laughs> no. We're just, we're just hitting it. <laughs> this is the new. You had to go there. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. When you start figuring out. The, this is the new generation of old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one's dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's awesome. I was in. Uh, nice pull. Uh, where, where, where were we? We were somewhere the other day. It was some department store where whatever and like every song i knew all the words to it so to shit it's oh, like it's so bad man, they're playing great music i'm like you're like when did they oh, start playing crap. awesome music in the grocery store yeah, 2000s you know? 90s <laughs> eight. oh no it's 30 years old oh, no. i know you're like buying yogurt and 
I can feel it calling in the air tonight. You know, do, 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 do. Kids are looking at you like, oh my God. Yeah, you pass like the old person's clothing store and they're playing Hungry Like the Wolf. And you're like, no, 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 no. So there are some other people involved in it. Hungry Like the Wolf. That's awesome. There are some other people involved as well. Reverend Run makes an appearance in it. Uh, I guess Emmett Smith is in it somewhere. Um, Would you know Emmett Smith if you tripped over him? Yes, because I'm from Texas. <laughs> because I'm from Texas. <laughs> he's like Sheldon, you know, in his knowledge of football. He's like yeah. damn right. Plus, <laughs> that dude was like really involved in like charities and other stuff. So, it didn't matter whether you're a football fan or not, man, he took his money and he spread it around out here. You've actually seen him once. I know. I was on a business trip with you when we saw him. Where was that? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. We were sitting with Jimmy. <laughs> Funny that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So so lots of people. Um. Worth a look, I guess. Uh, I know a lot of people are waiting to watch the commercials. I have heard more people talking about. I don't really care that much about the game, but I'm gonna watch the commercials. You know, they're leaking commercial leaking. Yeah. yeah. Using, now I'm using the video. Yeah, re- it's re- a soft release. Yeah, soft it's a soft opening. opening. So when's it open? Oh, the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh. They they're they're putting. And I saw a number the other day that I thought couldn't be right, but I bet you it is. They're putting somewhere in the neighborhood of $10 million per commercial yeah. into production. That doesn't surprise me. And I'm like, wow, for one, that they're going to air one time, you know, one time shot. And you know what? It's not surprising. I mean, the Super Bowl has been doing all that forever, but the commercials are beginning to be yeah, just huge. Although... If you have to pick the one Super Bowl commercial that stands out in your mind recently, in the last 10 years. Oh. Really? Yeah, sorry. The Darth Vader Passat commercial? Oh, right, yeah. That's, that one stands out. For oh, me. yeah, that's the, the one kids everyone... Like, I thought it was Doritos, wasn't it? No. No. The one I no, remember... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. The one I really recall uh, a lot is uh, is the Apple ad back in the day. Oh, the yeah, but that's kind of cheating. That's that's the iconic one. You, you, you talk about the the hammer. I think about the M&M one. Chrysler right. ad. Yeah, the nineteen eighty four ad is like a classic. Yeah, but also not in the last ten years. Ask yourself this exactly. That's why I went. Oh, uh, <laughs> ask yourself this though. Do you know or how much you know? Do you know who is performing in the halftime show? I do not. And how many do commercials not. do you know? I don't know. And that's an indicator, right? I don't know yeah. what teams are playing, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got that much. Yeah, I got you I got you that far. Mitch but. told me the other day. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I was just going to throw out because I actually know something about this topic, which is mm. amazing. The other day on NPR, they were talking, um, uh, Mike Pesca is a, like, I really enjoy listening to his commentary because he writes about sports in a way that I, I can appreciate it, you know? Yeah. Ha, ha. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he, uh, he interviewed uh, Jim Brown, who's considered one of the best football players of all time. He played for the Cleveland Browns and, and the guys, um, he's up there no now. Relation. Like he's in his, no, yeah, <laughs> he's in his seventies now, but, um, sorry, that was awesome. But it was it was a really cool interview, just like I don't know, like Friday on NPR, because they were talking to him about character and and what kind of person he was, and and how he lived uh, his life off the field and stuff. And it was such an awesome thing because not only is he considered one of the best players to ever have lived, but 
he was this really, really like stand up guy. You know, he, he talked about, you know, it was important to be a good leader and to, you know, help other people and, and be a good team player and to, you know, look out for others and not, um, not like throw your, your power around, you know, and it was just awesome listening to him. So that was cool. I know something about I'll just, <laughs> I'll just like Penny from, from Big Bang, and that's all I know. <laughs> it is. It is all I know, but it was Audra interesting. football report. <laughs> we should have one of those every week. It'd be awesome. That would be really short most of <laughs> yeah. the year. But not as short as the Chuck football report. So what's next here? <laughs> My lyrics are bottomless. <laughs> um, okay, a couple. Uh, there's news about Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, so far, the Wonder Woman show on the CW continues to be delayed. Um, they said it's... Also not going to happen. It's, quote, a high priority, <laughs> but yeah. that they're going to shelve it for a couple of years and see if maybe there's maybe it becomes a God, higher priority. God, I need to see what I they guess. do with the low priority. Yeah. God, I know, I know. It's sort of like that yes minister or yes prime minister thing. Well, what, and he's trying to understand the... the it's a BBC show uh-huh. uh, from back in the day, but uh, he's like... He's trying to understand the classification. Okay, so what does under consideration mean? Well, that means we've lost it. Well, what does under active consideration mean? Well, that means we've lost it, but we're trying to find it. You know, the CW, <laughs> they got us working in shifts. Yeah, the CW, same thing. It's under active consideration. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's yeah. funny. I used to think that there was this evil plan in these networks, that there were people that just didn't understand us and, and there was an evil plan. And then I listened to a whole bunch of like Nerdist writers panel when I was at the gym and I realized after listening to like 30 or 30 of those that holy crap, there's not a plan. Everybody's trying to figure it out real hard. And it's just a really complex issue to figure out what people want. And they always have like 10, 20 things in development. And a lot of them go a long way into development and people spend months and sometimes years of their Only life on it, it trashed <laughs> before it never sees the light. We don't even hear about it and talk about it here. It just disappears from the face yeah. of the earth. And there's like, for every one that we've heard of, there's like 10 like that. And you're like, Whoa. Yeah. The Keanu moment, you know? Yeah. Well, the other, the other wonder woman news of the week is that in the latest Superman issue, number 16, um, she's actually identified as Superman's current lover. Huh? Yeah, the exact words. Superman's current lover, like in a little box, just identifying her. Um, it's <laughs> that was her claim to fame was Superman's current lover. I I don't know. It, you never know where they're going with that. Not like Amazonian's greatest daughter. You know, the holder of truth. And right, right. Righteousness I know. Or, and, and she makes some comment to an enemy about you know how her fortress is impenetrable or something. And he's making fun of Superman. She's like, don't make fun of Superman or you'll pay. And I'm like, really? <laughs> now, admittedly, this now, when was this written? Like, like last week? Recently, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be like 1947. Yeah. You know? now, now, admittedly, this would address the Kevin Smith concern. Which you is? had a concern? Yeah, you remember from Mallrats, right? The concern about uh, about what would happen if he hooked up with Lois Lane, you know? Oh, yeah. This, Crushed pelvises. Yeah, or like, you know, like a shotgun right yeah. out the back. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm just saying this this would sort of, this could be an answer to the Kevin Smith concern. Like, here we go. <laughs> she could hold Kryptonian sperm. And children. <laughs> it's true. Because like they, you know, it's like. like 
<laughs> child buried. It's only possible. It's like he put it out and kick right through her stomach. That's yeah, true. here we go. Here we go. <laughs> She's identified Wonder Woman, Princess Diana of the Amazons, Superman's current lover. And then she says, you forget Super... Uh, she called him Superboy. This fortress was impenetrable. And then she says, keep criticizing Superman at your own peril. <laughs> and then, of course, she's got, God, her boobs are huge. How does that thing stay up? It's magic. Actually, I figure they're invisible straps. I mean, if you could have an invisible well, I, jet, I see no reason why you can't have an, an invisible, invisible corset, you know, with some straps in there. Hold Actually, it down. It's like it's like transparent aluminum, right? It's the whole <laughs> suit. And it's it's a it's a whole bodysuit, just parts of it transparent because she likes it to look like. Oh, like that. the invisible jet. Yeah, Why not? it's funny. The the what blaster the article. It's like, and uh, if we see a Kryptonian Amazon wedding somewhere down the line, uh, does Batman sit on the bride side or the groom side? <laughs> Batman wouldn't show. Yeah, he's he's way too too emo for that. You know, yeah. he'd be like dark and brooding, listening to to. You know, cult of the, noise, and or you know, uh, on the building next door, watching REM. You know, everyone. <laughs> oh, that's Spider Man. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> At least it's not jazz, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Kenny G plays. He dances yeah. at the wedding. Other well, other lady news. Um, Emily Van Camp from the TV show Revenge, which I have not seen, mm. but. Uh, people say that she's pretty impressive in it. She's been cast as the leading lady in the new Captain America movie. So we don't really know anything beyond that, except that it will be her. So I don't know if leading lady means she'll have a role kind of, you know, roughly equal to Captain America's importance or if she'll be a love interest or, or not. Well, I'm guessing since the movie is probably titled Captain America 2, in some way, it's probably well, not, not be as equal important. As important yeah, equal is important. As well, Captain you know what America. I mean I'm just by thinking, equal. I mean, know? is she going to to have like a really significant role? How do you feel about the first uh, about the first Avenger? You know about about the previous Captain America movie. Do you feel like the the female role in it was significant? No. No. Well, I would call that a like a supporting role. I would say that this one would probably be like similar. that. Yeah. And I don't know that that's necessarily bad. It is a movie <laughs> I had to think, about... I'm like, there's a female role. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talking to her on the radio, crashes the ship, you know, it's kind of a moment. I just remember her punching. <laughs> I remember her <laughs> punching that soldier. That was pretty cool, you got to admit. Yeah. I didn't fun. buy it, though. Like, you know, they, they had sort of created an alt-universe where, you know, um, African-American soldiers and Asian and Latino soldiers and women and everyone all kind of harmoniously worked in the same ranks but i mean i think just like that was not significant uh well it wasn't realistic but you know but it is cool that they created it that way i mean you know yeah i like to think that it was uh, it was this special program subculture that yeah, they, they had this yeah. special program but where it kind of breaks down is when they find the prisoners and and the prisoners are 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 mixed in in uh, in various you know ethnic groups and and socio sociological groups and and are getting along great and you're like okay so they did kind of my argument's like first of all the Germans the, would not have divided them that way I'm thinking not you know Second, uh, you think you think we had issues okay uh uh-uh. yes <laughs> Nazi Germany yeah probably yeah, probably a little, extreme a little messed that. up there. <laughs> By the way, we're filming a United Colors of Benetton commercial down here. <laughs> Pretty much, but well, I'm uh, looking for. I got to say, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to they, and I, I don't remember them, but I've started to see leaks of a Thor two 
rumors as well. Sweet. And and uh, they're all supposed to be, I think, much more individual stories. So I'm getting the feeling, by the way, you guys have been keeping up with the various Iron Man 3 leaks, right? Yes. I got to say, holy crap, people. This is one of the few movies I'm going to drop it and be there on opening night. You know, this is... I'm really excited about it. it Chuck is a small Iron Man. A little fan. bit, a little bit, a little bit. You know, and uh, holy crap, it looks good. It does look good, man. I, I love that they blow the house up already. They're just that's just man. sweet from that beautiful the house. Yeah, from the the first thing I saw was the the I guess it was the still of of Stark in the suit falling uh-huh. from the explosion, yep. whatever. And he's just I mean he's just trailing parts of the suit and everything. Uh-huh. Oh, that, oh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, that's oh, yeah. every piece of art I see from it looks kind of cool. So I, I'm hoping it has a story to it. And it's, well, it's looking like, from what I can tell, and I haven't seen the absolute latest, but it's really looking like they're going to pull in the, the real extremist arc, the one that I thought they were going to do earlier, which was essentially that, uh, I mean, the, the gist of it is that he needs to interface with the suit faster to deal with an enemy because he can't. His, his control systems aren't quick enough, so he develop, he uses this drug that these people built to make super soldiers, um, and he uses it to rewrite his DNA to produce a biological interface, inter- interface to Wait, the suit. Wait, didn't he insult Captain America when they were fighting for that same thing? Yes, very much so. Yeah. Um, it, he and Captain America do not get along <laughs> ever. in the comics. Right. Ever. Yeah. yeah. In ever. fact, in, yeah, in fact, they are on different sides of the war, yeah, as I recall. Right. The Civil War, they're on different sides. Which Stark sides wins, if I'm not mistaken. And regrets. Yes, very much. For defeating him. And and he doesn't, Captain America doesn't make it through it. Mm-mm. So anyway, bottom line is, it's it, he builds this uh, biological interface with the suit. But the problem is, is, as per usual, there's a high cost with it. and uh, But it looks like we're going to get the drones which is awesome because in the in the in the extremist story in the comics he controls other drones he he has so much better an interface with the suit now that he's tied into the computers via these wireless things and he can control bunches of iron men you know that are all he's in one of the suits and the others are just suits yeah, they're and, iron uh, man dolls basically it's yeah. like ball <laughs> yeah, it is how many balls do we have <laughs> Uh, I got to watch that episode again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, I'm excited about Iron Man yeah, 3. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And uh, Thor 2. So, and, and part three of the lady news for me, uh, just real quick, Kate Micucci um, is rumored to probably be on Big Bang Theory coming up here pretty soon. She is uh, the one who played uh, Ted's girlfriend on Scrubs, and she's half of the band. Um, oh, right. Uh, crap. Uh Something yeah, we, saw Garfunkel, at, uh, at, we saw her at Comic-Con last year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hell yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so... Um, that's very appropriate. I, I guess they're saying for the Valentine's Day episode that they may bring her in oh. as a love interest for Raj. <laughs> um, so I'm finding I'm this sorry, interesting but, because wow. I'm, I'm convinced that Raj is gay, and I just wish that they would get to that, you know, because they've been hinting at it forever. And Well, I think if... Well, they've been hinting that he's effeminate, not that he's gay. There's a difference. Yeah. You didn't see him interact with Stuart? Well, yeah, but he's like, lonely. And he could be bi. Could be all well, kinds of yeah, stuff. That's true. Yeah, but I mean... You cannot assume. I'm just saying it's not mere uh, being effeminate. It's not merely that. I think that they were hinting that he might have been interested in Stuart for a bit, so... Well, and I he's been interested in Penny. He's been interested in... in uh, uh, Bernie, he's been interested. I mean, he's interested in almost everybody. <laughs> I well, think Bernadette, I want you to play my clarinet. clarinet? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he had the Indian dancing dream. Yeah, we're and, not going to know. And he's he's, he's he probably. Well, he's had sex with the the girl they found in the bar when when uh, uh, 
That's true. He's at least by because we've seen and, him. And at the party, at, at Penny's party, he went home with the, the chick who's like, oh, you're such a good listener. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, he's he's been all over, so I, I don't think you can assume. Well, I, I gotta go I'm just saying here. they they, they planted seeds to indicate that you know there it's might a question. be yeah that that there might be a question, and I was kind of hoping that they would be bold and and go in that direction just because it's so rarely done, right? Um, that it would right. be it would be fun to see that reflected in TV because it's it's more a part of regular life personally in, I think it would in be, this country than yeah, uh, than we see on TV. It would be more bold to have him buy. To be honest, because you don't see that at all. That, that would be is incredibly so true. You're absolutely yeah. right. That way, you want 100%. bold. There you go. That would true. be it. I mean, we're starting to we're starting to accept, you know, that we could have a gay character, and that's only a small portion of the equation. You know, the only of sexuality. Bi- I mean, and I'm not like I haven't seen all TV, so I can't judge. But the only bi character I can ever think of watching on any TV series was on House. That's the only one I can remember. That's Which true. happens a lot more than people think, too. So well, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I think it's, it's it, you know, with, with Raj's sexuality. Well, there's always. Yeah. There's always what? There's always the Omni Harkness, you know, that's. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Captain Jack. <laughs> that's not. I think really Omni, too. Yeah, <laughs> it's very Omni. Like, not of this planet. It, whatever. Uh, we're fine. Species, yeah, gender. You don't care. Some fun? Okay. All right. We're that. good. You know? Yeah. In a way, it doesn't count because he's not quite human. Good you know? point. Yeah. And I, I agree. That is a mitigating factor. It's always rough when they introduce a character that really gets into a part of humanity and then say, oh, yeah, by the way, they're not human. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah by the way, they're an alien. It's kind of rough. Like, thanks. <laughs> That's so much for the us and them. <laughs> Since we're talking about sexuality, I think this is a great lead in to this next one. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they're remaking Barbarella. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not just as a movie, as a TV series. And uh, you it, guys, here's, here's the best part. The, yeah, Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, who, if you don't know who they are, they were have co-written five James Bond movies, including Skyfall. Holy crap. So I got I to gotta tell you how this went down a, a little bit ago, because it would have happened <laughs> on the podcast, and it's not fair for you to miss out. So Sean says, hey, I got a news item, Barbarella. And I'm like, they're remaking Barbarella? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like. Oh my! <laughs> I like I, I like kind of chuckled. And he's like, "Guess who's writing it?" And he tells me, and I'm like, "Well, I guess it could go either way." What you know? it, chucked in a what it? Well, you know, uh, there's uh, something to be considered here. And actually, I laughed admittedly because it is funny. You got to admit, you yeah. got to kind of laugh. I mean, a this is from the same show that that had the orgasmatron. Okay, right. I, I mean, mean it's, seriously, it's worth a snicker. It coined you know? plastic boob covers. Okay, there's. <laughs> There is, so it is, I mean, one of the only Rings. movies you're, yeah, I mean. Rings are cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. But I mean, the funny thing is, you know, I saw, I, this is what I said afterward too, I saw what they did with Transformers, I saw what they did with Battleship, this could go either way. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could be. But you saw what they did with Battlestar Galactica for crying absolutely. out loud. Absolutely, I mean, I mean there's. There's a whole bunch of and ways you can go with it. Yeah, I, seriously. And I love the A-Team movie. I don't care what anybody says. That it's is good. I love it, awesome. too. It's great. Um, and Liam Neeson was fantastic in that. He was. He he was the character. And so was Bradley Cooper. I like Bradley Cooper's face better, way better than Dirk Benedict. Uh, I just... Uh, Dirk Benedict? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with well, you. Well, as a kid, I thought Dirk Benedict well, was, was cool, you yeah. know, because he drove a Corvette and he was all cool and stuff. He had the snappy one-liners. It was, it was the essence of cool. He really did cool. pull the character together, though. So the, yeah. the, the orgasmatron was supposed to be a torture instrument? Yeah. Yeah. 
that delivers sexual Have pleasure. you never seen this? No, and I actually never did. she breaks the orgasmatron. She out-orgasms she out the orgasmatron. Yeah. <laughs> she breaks it. It cannot go high enough to wow. satisfy her. To satisfy her. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's insane. And she like hangs out with an angel and she does like horrible things to, to every, you know, to him and everybody else. And he saves her at the end. And, and, uh, you know, I think what makes this possibly a fun remake is the fact that it's one of those things that was made as a complete, just throwaway. Like it was supposed well, it was to be a, a function to serve as Jane Fonda getting in progressively skimpy outfits as the right. movie went and on. It was, it was a full on B movie. Yeah. And uh, and and it 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 sort of outlasted that. Yeah, it stuck around because there were some there was something there that wasn't intended. It wasn't on purpose, but there was something there. And and a lot of the real good remakes find those things and pull the thing out of it that came from the cult following afterward and put that into it for real and you get something cool. Yeah, you'll find cult followings with Barbarella all the, all over. In fact, in the recent uh, episode of Futurama when they went to get all their uniforms replaced, <laughs> the one that Leela was wearing was Barbarella's clear boob outfit. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, you'll find it pop up. It's a piece of culture. Yeah. It's a piece of culture. No, no question. What is going on? Okay. So the, the guys who wrote, um, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace and Skyfall, uh, said that they're not going to write the next James Bond movie, but they are also going to write a movie version of Kojak with Vin Diesel. They're, well, they're going from James Bond totally to Barbarella it. and Kojak. Like, I want to see Kojak. No, are they, they going to turn these things into awesomeness or are, are they, uh, what's or, going or, on? I don't it's really a, care. I got to see it. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. I'll go see that <laughs> anyway. See. Vin Diesel, yes. Kojak, yes. I mean, Together, I got to see that. I don't know if it's bad. Wasn't Kojak Telly Savalas? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and you know what? I mean, that's not Th- bad. That, that would that's, be cool, that Vin Diesel. You got to remember. That does work. You're thinking Telly Savalas old. Yeah, you know, you got to remember he was young, young. He you was know, young one time like when too. he when he did Kelly's Heroes and stuff like that, and he was Kojak and stuff. It was he was fly. I just man, you're right though. The question <laughs> fly for a bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> the question will be, uh, do they need the? Is it the is it the franchise that came to them, or did they come to the franchise? You know, yeah. and we'll find yeah, out. Do now. they? Wait, you know, I have an idea. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> I got an idea for Barbarella or Kojak. You know, well, let's do it this way. I wonder, uh, was Barbarella originally a '60s thing or '70s? '60s, I think. 60s. I think it was '68 or not. Yeah, it's, it's in there. Somewhere. That's crazy, though. I'm. I'm. Oh yeah, there we go. Okay, so the movie was 1968. Nice. Look at that. Huh? Oh, huh? <laughs> uh, I guess the comics were between '62 and '64. Still got it done. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I was just curious. Useful if, piece of trivia that I thought I'd never have a use for. I, I was curious if enough time has passed where we're going to start being culturally obsessed with recreating the 70s because oh, yeah. Kojak was see. a 70s show. Um, the next X-Men movie is going to take place, jumped forward 10 years into the 70s. Um, and I think that... Boy, that I want to see. Oh, yeah. They, after they the last one? nailed the 60s. Who did I mean, what? X, the next X-Men first movie. class. Oh yeah. yeah. Just yeah. nailed it. I mean, yeah. they didn't just, Oh look, here's a couple of little things. I mean, everybody down to the type of workouts, the, down to the, the furniture. I don't know if you noticed the furniture, oh, yeah, yeah. the clothing, the body the, styles of the actors. I don't know if you guys looked, I know you would Sean, but all of the clothing, by the way, made for them. Yeah. Like every bit of it was wow. designed and made specifically for them. And, and it's, man, they worked hard to craft that reality and it paid. Worked off. It worked out. Yeah. Really did. 
I'm excited. I want. I, if you told me they're going to do the '70s, I'd be like, oh, I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see it done well because I've always seen the '70s portrayed as like um, Ben Stiller, and there's something about Mary, like in his prom suit. Or, oh yeah, I'm well, with you. That never really done well. That '70s show kind of nailed it pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty authentic. Yeah, I'm interested because I, those. I yeah, I would see the next X Men movie anyway. Just well, I'd see any X Men movie, but. I'm excited. Yeah. That's that's badass. Hey, you know, we had some calls that we need to take this week. Let's hear it. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's the first one. Hi, guys. Uh, this is Tink coming in from the UK. Just wanting to chip in on the whole Binfest thing. Uh, I have a niece who's uh, a few years older than Squick. And, you know, like most little girls, you know, she likes the princesses. She likes the uh, the Pinterest dresses and all that girly stuff. And you know what? Doesn't stop her being a cool little kid. Uh, she devours books. Apparently she's doing really well at, at school at reading as well. Um, she enjoys playing board games with my brother and my dad. She plays on a little borrowed Nintendo DS. I had her and her baby brother bouncing along to electronic music. So she occasionally... There's a frilly pink princess dress every once in a while. She also rock out to dance music. Makes her a cool kid in my eyes, you know. And you know, it's as you're saying in the cast. Don't make it an either or. <laughs> because, you know, if they can do other cool stuff as well, like I'm when she's a bit old, I've got some cool books I'm going to get her into and I hope to get her into building and fixing computers. So that I can fob it off onto her. <laughs> anyway, um, slowly starting to get caught up on the podcast backlog and still enjoying it. That's awesome. Dude. Indeed. Yeah, the the whole princess thing is is very interesting. It's also interesting to watch your kid go through it. <laughs> uh, you know, I asked Squeak the other day, what does being a princess mean? What, what is oh, that? That's a good question. What, what did she say? That? Well, don't be silly, Daddy. You, <laughs> you know what it means. Like, no, no. What does it tell what me? Does That's the kind of answer my students would give. Well, I'm interested <laughs> in what it means to you. Yeah, I'm like. What is well, the definition of this? Don't be silly. You know what it is. Don't be silly. You know, I'm like, well, really? Well, what is it? You know, tell Daddy. And she's like, I get to wear pretty things, Daddy. I'm like, okay. Well, like what? She's like, like pink. You know, she she's got this pink like princess tutu and stuff and like bracelets and and nice. everything. I'm like, so uh, is that uh, what's that do for? Her? She's like. Well, you can't have a guitar without looking cool, Daddy. <laughs> I, like, true. I think, well, that's, I think that's true, but the causal arrow <laughs> might be pointing the other way. Like, you pick up the guitar, you are cool. Yeah, and uh, so I'm like, really? She goes, well, I can't play for my fans if I don't look nice, Daddy. <laughs> like, really? Who's your fan? Bolo. Okay. All right. That's a fair. That is a fair answer, ma'am. Bolo shows up with like <laughs> lipstick and powder, and he's like, "Are we ready to go? I'm ready to make you up." Yeah. <laughs> well, what if he could? Bolo, man. Bolo loves playing dress up with her. Like she'll come by in he's a fairy sweet. princess crown and a cape, you know, towel as a cape, and then a couple minutes you'll see Bolo come by in a fairy princess crown and and a a towel as a cape, you know. And he'll be like, "Bolo, what are you doing?" And he'll just look up at you like, "I am fabulous and awesome. <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever." And leave me alone. You problem with this tiara come take it (laughs) that would be an issue (laughs) if bolo didn't want to give it to you you ain't getting it but you know and she has a great time with it so i i completely agree with that uh it it doesn't have to be an either or thing as long as there's a healthy perspective on both sides on on 
what it actually means and and what you're doing. I I have I got to admit I, I I love seeing uh, Tiggs on uh, on Twitter and and everything because like you know he's lit six seven hours depending on what time it is what time of year it is ahead uh, of us so like I'm getting started for the day and he's kind of winding down so he's it, they're both times that you tend to want to tweet. So it's awesome that, you know, you... You kind of line up. Yeah, you yeah. see it. So I'm, I always see him on because on like, he tweets during the times I'm reading everything. Nice. Cool. Hi, Chuck, Sean, Otter. This is uh, Camel Pope. Um, saw you guys a couple times in uh, San Diego for Comic-Con. It was a good time. Just kind of want to talk a little bit about Sean disappearing something um, since I was, uh, you know, I'm still in the Navy. So... Um, talking about like how sonar that that invisibility thing won't stop sonar well let me tell you all right i'm gonna try not to nerd out here because i know i only got a couple minutes and i want to make it quick okay so like you know when you see a movie like the hunt for red october or any of those other movies that are hunting submarines and it takes like oh five minutes and they get the sub they get an active ping on it or something and they fire a torpedo and sub blows up and everybody's happy america wins yeah, that's about one to two weeks worth of effort <laughs> down to that five-minute time span. So, some, a submarine, when it's going to hit you, it's got to get within, like, three miles at sea to actually get a chance of hitting you. So, you always have people stationed out to look for it. Planes are always flying over the ship to look if they can see it because it's got to get pretty close to the surface to actually get that torpedo hit. So, if it can get up there and be invisible at the same time, when somebody goes, hey, maybe I, maybe, maybe I saw our the submarine out there, they send out a plane to go look. They don't see anything. They're like, oh, no, it's not something. Everybody good. Boom, you're dead. America lose. Everybody's sad now. Anyway, uh, as for the Marine guys going out to the, uh, if they get back from Afghanistan, this is for them. Hey, if they'll take a squid like me, I'm sure they'll take a devil dog like you. Anyway, you guys keep going on. Keep having fun. Bye. Awesome. First of all, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, indeed. Uh, second, also Shooter was uh, saying, you know, he'll he'll uh, he'll be there as well, and uh, he's Air Force, so or or you know, so he, Air Force, Navy, Marines, all we're missing is Army, and I think we got a couple of those. Yeah. Uh. Well. Uh, yeah, we did. Never mind. Um. Anyway. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. And uh, I did not think about the compressed timetable of. Uh, uh, <laughs> doing this stuff i have no experience with sonar at all so I like he's like i have a comment about sean and hiding the submarine i'm like what is this call about <laughs> are you sure you're on the right show <laughs> that's awesome yeah and you know it's fun hunt for red october is a fun movie but you always got the feeling that you're like hmm you know they probably simplify that a bit <laughs> and just a bit yeah, but since I know absolute dick about submarines and everything, Absolutely, it yeah. always seems plausible to me. I'm like, oh, of course submarines work like that, you know? And then you see, like, the... Um, submarines do not work that way. <laughs> <laughs> you see, like, the uh, the submarine documentaries on the History Channel and everything, and you're like, wow, that is very different than I imagined. That, is, you know? <laughs> that doesn't look like the Red October at all. Midshipman <laughs> <laughs> well, Smith spends his third week sending pings in hopes of a response. <laughs> Let's listen. <laughs> Wait. They're looking, they're looking at this giant screen that literally looks like static, and they're like, oh, do you see that dot? Like, no, I don't see anything different. Oh, no, this is very telltale. <laughs> it's Next a dot. On submarine adventures. Will the ping retrieve evidence of another submarine? No, it Stay will tuned, not. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> not now. Instead of uh, Red October, there's Jonesy. Captain, I got him again. You know? 
<laughs> Can know. we find them? Yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah, no problem. I'll just run this here. back. It's cool. I'll just pull this out of my butt. It's the ocean. How big could it be? <laughs> hey, guys. This is BD Groundhog. I'm listening to the podcast, and I just had to call in. I keep hearing 150 kilowatts over and over about this laser, and all I can think is what happens when they get enough power to generate 1.21 gigawatts? Is that laser going to jump back in time and attack someone else? I, I almost got into a car accident laughing. I had to pull over on the 405 in, in L.A. But um, love the show. Love what you guys are doing. I look forward to seeing you uh, at the meetup. Bye. All right, now. I had this thought as well. Okay. And my my current theory is that if it generates that, the recipient of whatever the laser hits will be sent back in time. My my concept, my idea is that if you can generate that much power in the laser, the thing that is the recipient of you know the laser <laughs> will be vaporized. Is the not going to have a problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> not going to be concerned with time or anything else is that ever the, again. The lasery or the lased. Yeah, the lazed. The lazed, yeah. I never thought about sending people back in time as a weapon. Like, screw Terminator? You. Like, no, 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 no. Not, not. <laughs> no, other I, people. I mean, people that who don't want to like go back idea. in time. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to shoot a laser at you and it's going to send <laughs> you back period. in time to, to some random yeah. place and this that's your like punishment. Looper. Never, ever, ever. It's the Biff, the oh, Biff God. rule, remember? You know? Biff Tannen Law. The Biff Tannen Law, thank you. Never, ever send your enemies <laughs> back in time. <laughs> Ever. Like you send him back to Jurassic area and he, he kills a fern that will later become your country or something. You know, it's just wah, ridiculous. Wah. No, that's all we need is, you know, some other suggestion that humans and dinosaurs existed side by side. There are already enough people who believe that. <laughs> no, look, <laughs> it happened. Well, if you, you know, if you had to go via time travel to get there, that's probably less of the problem, but well, <laughs> with all the sea monsters they're pulling out of the, you know, China and Japan and all that stuff, they're like, "No, look, it looks just like a dragon. I'm telling you, it's a 50-foot sea eel. You know, it's got spines <laughs> on the back. It is a sea when dragon." It jumps out of the water. It flies for a quarter mile before it lands. See, <laughs> I was not making this up. I'm not making this up. There it is. <laughs> Are there giant octopus? No, they couldn't drag down a boat. They they wouldn't be that aggressive that big well uh we found one to detect the hell out of our bolt our pole all our equipment and everything and it was a baby could an adult drag down a spanish galleon well yeah but we still highly doubt that ever happened look you know? it may not have happened for you <laughs> it may not have happened for the president look at the maps they drew monsters but coming think, out of the water i think it definitely happened exactly there's a quote nobody ever gets yeah. air america Air America. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, he's like, but it happened for him. <laughs> this just never happened. Well, maybe that didn't happen for you, and it didn't happen for the president. I think it happened for <laughs> They say heckle and jekyll aren't real either. Or, you, know. <laughs> anyway. you know, I just got to throw out there as we wrap up, uh, uh, BD Groundhog mentioned that he was like, almost had to pull over because he was laughing so hard at this. Uh, I actually got a cool uh, link the other day sent to me from uh, B Kitty, GWC or B Kitty. And uh, this is one of those things that it made me laugh so hard that I was crying and like shrieking. So, you know, where you just get hysterical and you know people around you think that you're insane. But um, go to the, check out the website if you haven't already. Um, Cats that look like 
pinup girls. Oh, I've totally seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Cats that look like pinup girls.com, I think, is the address. Have you seen that, Sean? I've seen dogs that look like cops, but not cats that look like pinup <laughs> girls. No, that's great. You know, people found cats that were laying in positions that are the same as like a pinup girl and they put oh, them no, side like, by like side. Pinup girls from the 40s and 50s and it's 60s. Nice. It is and, serious. Yeah. The look oh, on the cat's faces are hilarious. You know? Yeah. It, yeah, <laughs> you just need one, to look at it. There's this one girl, she's like sitting on some kind of, uh, she's like in the water in a bathing suit and she's sitting on like a buoy. So it looks like this giant phallic buoy coming up. And then the picture right next to it is a cat holding like a, what is it? Like a tubular kind of teddy bear or something. And it, it's like this, it's just wrong. I don't know. It's, you got to see it. Well, uh, <laughs> Audra, like, no comment. I'm just going to pretend that nothing was said. Wrapping up, Audra? Uh, that was it. That was it. Sean? Uh, come to the meetup. Uh, we have a, uh, a a large and expansive new plan. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Said, yes, exactly. It's going to be awesome. We got some stuff going on, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. So, One thing out. going on that we should... Uh, we might just tell you about early so you can plan for if you want is uh, we, you know, we're actually going to do a book exchange. I don't know if you remember back when you were a kid, did you guys, the both third th- grade? Yeah. Did you guys both do that? I know you had the book order, you know, where you could like order yeah, the books scholastic and stuff. Yeah. Right. But they also did a book exchange at the same time where they had like a cart full of books. Yeah. And you could I bring in that. a book and you could exchange them, you know? Yeah. Well, we're going to do that essentially. So if if you would like to bring some books to trade, now I know if you're like me, you keep every book that you've ever had. You but know? you probably have multiple copies of books that you think are worth sharing. Oh, hell. There are a couple of books that I think I would so much like other people to read. I'm going to hit half price and pick up a couple of copies and bring them in and oh, put yeah. them in the, in the fray. Uh, for people to take if they want. Anyway, if you have something like that, if you have some extra stuff, if there were books that you have duplicates of, you'd like to bring some, or if there's something that you just feel like, damn, people ought to read this, uh, pick up a couple of cheap copies and bring them and and put them in the exchange. And Use dog ear. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody and cares about conditions. I know it's a lot legible, of people. We're good. I know a lot of people will be flying, and you always want to you know not pack stuff that's too yeah, heavy. Bring but, a couple. but if you bring if you bring a couple of books, and then you know you take a couple of books, it's the same amount of space. You know you've made an awesome exchange. And paperbacks yeah. aren't and that big. You can yeah right. exactly. You can do some, some cool right. stuff. They're meant to fit in your jeans pocket. Come on. So we're really excited. And, uh, you know, again, we're going to be sending you an update about a week ahead of time with some uh, information on the specific uh, roundtables that are going on. But Saturday all day is uh, all, all during the day is roundtables. Sorted activities oh, man. and things. I just got to tell you, I mean, they are coming together and they are really going to be badass. It's going to be orders of magnitude different than what we've done in the past with those same ideas, yeah, same cool lots feeling, of lots of activities and more multiple things going on at the same time. It's going to be great. Really exciting. So looking really for, and man, uh, we were already past our attendance for last year. So really exciting. Uh, going to meet and, and a lot of new people, which, which is, is great. Cause we got stuff designed for you guys too, to, oh, to yes. help engage Yay. and, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. So if you want to know about the meetup, if you don't already, or if there's any are there any questions you have, uh, meetup2013.galacticwatercooler.com, or you can just go to galacticwatercooler.com and look at the top, and there's a tab that says Meetup 2013. Click it. Take you right there. And uh, registration is still open. You're still welcome to come. So unless you guys have anything else, we'll see you next week. On behalf of everyone here at GWC, thanks for listening. And thanks to all who make GWC possible, including producers Soleil, forum moderators Badger Spoon, Pike, and Frack and Talos, GWC book club maven Casilda, and tech guru Juan Drew. 
Remember, if you'd like to share your opinions with the GWC crew and listeners, you can call us anytime at 214-296-9229, extension 701. You can also contact us via galacticwatercooler.com, our website and blog. But you should really spend some time over on the GWC forum. GWCers really are the friendliest people on sci-fi. And we're always re-watching a group reading something fun. You might even find a GWC meetup somewhere near you. GWC is funded by advertising and by listeners like you. For information on how you can donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. Finally, special thanks to Ferris and his friends Encoder and Jim Minadeo for GWC's sweet theme music. For more Encoder, visit them at myspace.com slash Encoder. <laughs>